All right, I want to talk to you about a verse of Scripture very briefly this morning. Just one verse, a little part of a verse. It's over in the Proverbs, the uh, 21st chapter, the part of the fourth verse. And you know this little clause got a hold of my heart when I was a boy. I've never been able to get away from it. Here's what it says. The plowing of the wicked is sin. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Now, yonder's a man out in the field plowing. Get the picture now. He's wiping the perspiration from his brow. The sun's pouring its heat down on him. He's plowing the soil, making a crop, doing legitimate work. Now, in the Bible, it says that plowing for that man is a sin. I don't know any little expression in the Bible that tore me up more than that. I kept thinking that over. I said, now, we're told to earn our bread by the sweat of the brow. We've always been taught that labor is a wonderful thing, that idle minds the devil's workshop. And yet, here it says, the plowing of a wicked man is sin. That means that legitimate work of a wicked man is a sin. Running a store, practicing medicine, even preaching if he's a, a wicked man. The legitimate business, school teaching, anything legitimate is a sin if the man's wicked. In other words, a wicked man with a wicked heart, everything he does is a sin. Even honest way. Now that's awful. It's inconceivable. You can't take it in. Normal people can't understand it. But how did sin ever come into the world anyhow? You stop to think that up in heaven there wasn't anything there but purity. But one day pride got in the heart of an angel and this angel started a rebellion and he is cast out of heaven. Now wait a minute. I wonder if you are personally right. Not does your mother think you're right. Not does your father think you're right. But what does God know about you? What do you want an education for? What are you in school for? What motive drives you along the road of your effort? What is the driving purpose of your heart? That's the test. A wicked man plows God's dirt, breathes God's air, lets God send sunshine upon him, gathers in his harvest, sits down at his table, eats God's food with no thought of God. And God Almighty says that's wrong. That's a sin. Listen. A wicked man cannot do a good thing. What you are is what counts in the sight of God. They say he's a great philanthropist. Why, the Bible says if you give your body to be burned and do a thousand other things and you haven't loved, that is, if you're not right, it's not worth anything to you. Doesn't get you anything. Makes you feel a little proud of yourself. Makes you stretch your stuff. 
makes you think you're somebody. Now you take, for instance, the town of Greenville here. You've got plenty of folks around Greenville, around your town, around all the towns of this country, in the community, everywhere. Feel awfully nice when they do something decent. Give some money. Feed a little child. Give a baby some food. Helping a drive of some kind. Gets under the load. He feels pretty good. Even a drunkard, a bum, a sinner, a blaspheme, anybody. Makes him feel kind of respectable. But only what you do for God counts. And any legitimate business is God's business if it's carried on by a Christian. And no business is a good business if the doer in that business isn't a man of God. That's the way heaven looks at it. That's the reason the world's never been able to build a civilizational stand. You know, I don't often compliment people in public office. But I saw a little thing come out from Washington recently, I think where the president said, or somebody said up there, this thing is right. And I said, oh, if they just get that kind of attitude towards life everywhere. What are we in Korea for? I think we ought to be there. I'm for the government. But what are we there for? Because it's right or self-protection? They say that self-protection is the first law of nature. Well, it's not the first law of... Uh, the new nature. This, the new nature says crucify yourself. The new nature says put yourself on the cross. The new nature says go out and die for something that's right. The new nature says uh, don't turn back. The new nature says exalt Christ. The new nature says it's better to die for Christ than to live for the devil. That's the new nature. The old nature says, make a success. <laughs> Be a big man in your town. Be pastor of the first church. You ever notice how these fellas spell first church? He's pastor of the first church. He's a big boy. You know, Jesus said, if you want to be a big boy, I'll tell you how to be a big boy. Go out and serve people. My name. Not the man that hires you, but the man that serves a man is a man that's a big man. You know, I often think about when we get to heaven, <laughs> how many big people we're going to meet. You know, when I get to heaven and meet my old mother, I won't feel worthy to walk down the street with her. You know, a woman that brings up 12 children, she's seen sights in her lifetime. She's had a job on her. 
more dirty faces to wash, clothes to iron, clothes to patch. I've seen clothes pile up this high when I was a boy. What a job she had. Tired, worn, and yet she could smile still. Trusted the Lord. Took things as they came. Ran her home for God. And when she got ready to die, she asked us to meet her in heaven. That never made any headlines, not even in a little county paper. You know, all these folks that think they're so big down here, they're going to shrink up when they meet God Almighty. They're going to be awfully insignificant sometimes. And these faithful servants of God that do their job for God, I'm his servant. I'm doing this business for him. If you don't do it for him, you're sinning when you do it. You can't do things that settle in yourself for yourself and not sin. I never shall forget the story Dr. Ironside told. It impressed me tremendously. Told him one of the first conferences he ever attended at Bob Jones University. Dr. Ironside was reared a poor boy, had a hard time. And one day he said he got to working for a shoe cobbler. Fellow made shoes. And uh, he said that uh, he started in there as finest old Christian man you ever saw in your life. And he said he kept working and working and working. And Dr. Ironside, just an impulsive boy. No, it's a wonderful thing to come in the hands of a good man when you're just a boy or girl. Somebody's got some good philosophy. He said, you know, I got down there just piling up those shoes all around there. He said, one day I said to him, uh, Mr. So-and-so, we could save a lot of time if we do this a little different here. Cut some corners here a little. Well, he said, that's not the best workmanship. He said, you know, those shoes over there we piled up there, I said, we're going to see them when Jesus comes. And I want them to look all right to Jesus. Every man's work shall be made manifest. He'll look over your work. He'll look over the farmer's farm, the housekeeper's home, the student's classroom and books and papers. He'll look over your paper. Every time you hand the paper in, the eyes of the Son of God are looking down on that paper, passing on it. Every time you have a date on the campus, talk about a chaperone. There are two holy eyes looking over the battlements of heaven. Check it. Listen. There is no such thing for a Christian as an insignificant and non-essential thing. Everything. You know, I think he watches your table manners. I think if you go out for a meal and don't eat like a Christian gentleman ought to eat and hurt your testimony, I think he 
grades your paper according. How you eat and your conduct at the table is evaluated by the Lord Jesus Christ. There are no non-essentials. There is no little insignificant thing with which you are connected if you are a Christian. You know, I'm ashamed of some of my sermons. I do about the best I can. I think the Lord knows that. Can't do as much as I do, and many things have got on my little time as I have, and do much better than I'm doing. Listen, he won't grade your papers like they're graded in a classroom. He'll grade your papers according to your ability. According to your opportunity. He doesn't standardize his work up in his classroom like we did. Listen. He doesn't ship you from his university if you do the best you can. If you have one talent, he says that's a one talent student. If you have five talents and don't use them talents that you have, he'll grade you down below the one that has one talent if the one talent man does the best he can. You know, young people, it's an awful thing to have a critic like Jesus. You can't fool him, you know. He knows why you want to sing. You know, I was impressed this morning. I went by the office, stood outside the door where they were having a conference there, all of them. And I stood in the door and waited just a minute, nose their heads all down praying. We had to sort of feel our way along, do the best we can, make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't make it. He knows what you're doing. You know, uh, don't ever get where you don't search yourself. Search me, O God, and know me. Try me. Put me to the test. Lead me in the right way. And God always does it if you want to be led in the right way. The plowing. Why, he's, he's supporting his wife and children. He's raising something to eat. Yeah, but he's wicked. He's selfish. Doesn't take me into account. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Young people, everything else being equal, a Christian student ought to outshine a sinner. Everything else being equal, a Christian school ought to be the best kept property in the world. Everything else being equal, a Christian businessman ought to be the best businessman in town. You know, I'm ashamed of some preachers I meet over the country. They're inefficient. The slum, the way something's gone. 
I get ashamed of ourselves here sometimes when I think how much better most of us could do than we are doing. I get impatient with myself. Anything short of your best is a sin. And everything short of your best, it isn't done for the glory of God. I wonder if Jesus Christ was going to be on this platform at chapel tomorrow morning. Had a front seat right here. And you were going to see him. And be in the building tomorrow. I think you'd comb your hair the best you could. I think you would uh, try to have your lessons in good shape. I think you would uh, try to get some rest and be as refreshed as possible. The excitement might keep you awake, but I think you'd be as refreshed as possible. And if you had to hand in a report to him tomorrow, I wonder how you'd feel. Could you look in his eye and tell him that you'd done the best you could here this year? Have you? Have you done it for him? Getting your training for him? Going to school for him? Talk to him about your engagements to that young man or that young woman? Did you ask him if he's the one or she's the one for you? Did you write your mother every time you ought to write her this year? Or have you neglected your duty writing your mother at home? Have you kept them posted? Have you done your part of the work in the room? Have you had any burden to anybody? He said not do that. He said bear one another's burden. Did you make it any harder on the teacher than you ought to have done it? Let's talk this thing over. you hand in as good a paper as you could hand it in? If you didn't, you sinned against God. Listen, listen, if you didn't hand in the best paper you hand in, you sinned against God when you handed it in. If you didn't make the best preparation you could for your classwork, you sinned against God. I don't care how pious you told. When you turn on the light, it makes all of us feel like going to the mourner's mess, doesn't it? Well, I'm not going to pull down God's standard. It's bad enough if I don't live up to them. It's wicked to try to pull them down to the low level where some of us live. The sin of this country is not just the sin of not living up to standards. The disgrace and dishonor and crime of all crimes in religious circles is putting the standards down. to the low level on the plane where we live. Listen. As long as a girl has high standards, there's hope for her. When she pulls those standards down to the low level of the world that she wants to follow and condones it like they're doing over this country, that's the crime. 
You've got people in schools in this country laugh at you out here because we want you to dress modestly. Be modest. And be refined, decent, have discipline, Christianity. The plowing of the wicked is sin. Anything that's done in his name for his glory will always be the best we can do. A cup of cold water given in his name, you'll get a reward. But if you can give more than a cup of water, you will if you give it in his name. Giving in his name is holding back absolutely nothing. Giving everything to Lord, our Lord. And we hope when we say our Lord that you really are our Lord. We hope we haven't some other God. We hope we haven't a false God. We feel like all of us ought to ask you to forgive us this morning. I sometimes think I'm doing the best I can. I get thinking about a text like I talked about this morning, and I feel awfully guilty. Forgive all of us. And help us by thy grace to do everything we do. Our study, our work, our social life, all we do, help us to do for thy glory. For Jesus' sake. Amen.